I don't know what they call it. I've, the, the one social media that I'm on is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I've been following you on Instagram. Yeah. So I don't know what they call that. Is that like a stalker thing, Bear? You're our social no. media. It, it's just follower. Being, it's it's just not Insta stalker. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I've been following you. Yeah. Um, I've been following you. Hi, my name is Julie Brown, and I am an alumni from Healing Transitions of Wake County Women's Campus. I'm Silver Chipper number 212, and welcome to Voices from the Village. I was introduced to the Sober Introvert Instagram page through my sister's college friend, college roommate, from about 25 years ago. Sorry, Carrie. Um, so anyway, she, she introduced me. She said she thought I would like this artwork, and come to find out, it wasn't until months later I found out that she was a local artist and also a woman in recovery. So it just made everything even more interesting and more fascinating to learn more that I have learned over time, the more I've learned about her. I um, myself am also, I do, I love art and photography and things like that. And one thing I lost while I was out there when I was drinking was my passion for taking photographs. I always would look at things, you know, look at things and go, okay, that would make a great picture. But now I'm starting to get back into it. And, um, and I like to draw and color and things. But also, one thing I've learned is to kind of embrace my inner awkward or my inner weird and introvert kind of thing. So um, her Sober Introvert page actually kind of inspired me um, on Instagram and Facebook to start a, a page called Awkwardly Sober. And it's just about being sober and being awkward and having to step outside of myself to, you know, network and to get to know people. And that, that's something we have to do. We have to recover together. We can't recover alone. And it's as uncomfortable as it can be. I'm not the only one out there. And so I felt like if I embrace my inner introvert my inner awkward and just kind of put it out there maybe other people would see it and say something like well you know what maybe I can do it too so I've actually have made a few friends internationally over this and it's kind of cool I mean I don't have like a, a million followers or anything but maybe like 50 and that's more than enough but it's you know because it's about recovery and um I was at the men's campus one day and um <laughs> some guy goes you're internet famous in rehab and I was like, all right, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> so I was like, when? So yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. You know, if, if I can put a, I mean, they don't even, half the people don't even know who I am. I get a lot of people saying, who is this? And when I, they'll private message me and I'll message them back and they go, oh, just you. And then, uh, but if I can put a smile on someone's face, that is awesome. And you know, their recovery, you know, it's not as serious. I mean, it is serious, it's life and death, but at not every waking moment of recovery has to be serious deadpan you know we can have some humor in it and embrace it and um I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for my sister's friend introducing me to the sober introvert and and all this other cool stuff just kind of followed along with it with the artwork photography and just inspiration in general because she's out there and she's doing this and it's it's pretty fascinating and it helps me know that no matter how bad my day is it's still something I can achieve I want to if I put my mind to it and if I can't do it with just myself I know there's other people out there I can ask for and reach out to for help I hope you enjoyed this episode of voices from the village I know I will I'm Chris Budnick I'm have the pleasure of being joined by Amy Richards today I just know you as the sober introvert right is that yes that's a part of me 
Yeah, it's a, a newer part that I'm sharing. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you got connected to Healing Transitions. I understand from Bear and from Lauren that you're being really generous with donating a portion of your proceeds to support our mission. Did you have any knowledge of who we were before they reached out to you? or? Yeah, so years ago, um, I actually attended an event. Um, it was a memorial for somebody at Healing Transitions before when it was the Healing, healing Place. place. Yeah, sure. And so um, when I started this project, it popped into my mind, and then I started doing some research online and realized, like, y'all had come a lot further and had a lot more things going on, and I knew, um, especially with the population that you guys serve, that I definitely was my first stop on the train to... Um, helping out um, another organization. So do you want to talk about the sober or the introvert part first? Ooh. Um, or talk about them together? So one of the, I'll talk about this. Yeah. One of the reasons that I um, also chose um, Healing Transitions was because I like that there are several paths to recovery mm -hmm. within the organization because my path wasn't super traditional. Mm -hmm. um, I actually came into my recovery through fitness Oh, wow. And making a mind-body connection. Yeah, yeah. Similar to your runner guest that right. you interviewed. Charlie. Um, I, that story resonated with me a lot. So that had a huge impact on me as far as, like, wanting to work with an organization who gave people lots of opportunities to find their own way to recover, like, the best way that worked for them. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we do a lot of introduction to the recovery community and for our folks and we use a curriculum that takes people through the 12 steps but support people finding what's going to work for them and you know what's interesting is that people's recovery affiliation or recovery style may change based on right. where they are in their process of recovery yeah. and kind of what the things that they're focused on like am I just learning to live without alcohol and other drugs am I like rebuilding my life am I do I have my life and I'm trying to navigate that, you know, in yeah. recovery and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got my pathway into recovery was uh, through initially exposed to uh, recovery support groups in the community when I was really young, when I was 16. Uh, treatment when I was turning 19. Well, outpatient treatment at 18, inpatient treatment turning 19. And then, uh, you know, recovery supports groups and meetings and things like that. Uh, counseling those kind of all been things that have contributed to, to my my recovery and mm -hmm. so forth so uh, when did you get into recovery what was what was your story and your path and I think that you know the first time I really started to sort of call myself out and sort of see my life for what was really going on I did join um, a 12-step program mm -hmm. and I did get a lot out of that. Ultimately, it's not the thing that stuck. Um, I know you talk on here a lot about like, what what is the thing that makes something stick? And just for me, it ended up being this mind-body connection of like, oh, I have the power to control how good or bad I feel. Mm -hmm. And I started putting in this work with fitness and seeing results. And I think it was just a very empowering feeling to know that there was another way to live. And what, how, how has this change or transformation in your life, like what areas of other areas of your life has it manifested in, in terms of positive growth or important kind of uh, transformation? Well, I think that one of the reasons that I wanted to start 
the sobriety card line is because without my sobriety, there's no chance I would have my business. You know, I wouldn't have been able to, to buy a home like when I was, you know, sort of um, deeper into my illness, I, I couldn't do these things that I can do now with a clear head and a full heart. And I'm grateful for that. And so now that I've sort of established my illustration business to some degree, I wanted to find a way to sort of like give back for this like gratefulness that I feel for my sobriety and there just aren't a lot of greeting cards out there that address this. Um, most of them are 12 step based and since not everybody's going through that path, I wanted to create something that was more applicable to lots of different kinds of people and lots of different paths. So. So let's go down the illustration and I guess beginning to talk about art and creativity and when did that begin for you? Yeah, so my mom would say that I came out of the womb making things, um, which probably is pretty true. I mean, most of my earliest childhood memories are of working on projects like alone. I wasn't a kid that needed a lot of entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, I was always working on something. My mom was always at the ready with a hot glue gun when I was like too young to use that on my own. So I've sort of always been creative, but I did go to school for art education and I currently still teach watercolor workshops as part of my business. But the illustration part started about eight years ago. Um, it was something at the end of college that I knew I was interested in and wasn't gonna go back to school for another degree for and have kind of just figured it out on this winding path of like trial and error and you know, started calling myself an illustrator and illustrating <laughs> and that that seemed to stick and work. So now, you know, I've got this full product line. Um, I'm working on it, my own personal children's book, which I've been working on for a long wow. time. Yeah, so I'm actually reworking it. I've finished, I've completed it once. <laughs> so I'm completing it for about the third time now. But that's sort of been my art. Um, it, it's hard to talk about because it's not really a linear path. It's definitely been like, trying a little bit of this and trying a little bit of that and um, watercolor for me is just where things have landed and it's what the medium I love working in and um, it's been great to be able to create artwork that you know people can enjoy for as little as a dollar I have some products that are as inexpensive as a dollar or for custom original paintings which you know will be hundreds of dollars I like that idea of making like this accessible thing that is this tiny piece of art that I can share right. with a broad audience. Yeah, so. so it's not just limited to somebody with resources or... Right, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. I want to talk more about illustrating and, you know, what that... It does something for you as a business, you know, it's become a, a, a livelihood for you. Yeah. What else has it provided you over your life in terms of taking the time to invest in illustrating and creating art. Yeah, I mean, I think that painting for me, you know, it has calming properties. When I'm creating art, it, it sounds cliche, but you definitely like get lost in that moment and in that time. And especially in this time now where we're so, and you know, running your own business, you have to have social media and you're so like on all the time and accessible it's so nice for me sometimes to just shut my phone off and really immerse myself in what I'm doing and be fully present and I think that 
in this time where we're constantly sort of dividing our time, whether we want to or not, um, art, I mean, actually, you know, not even just on the iPad, but like the actual like physical paint and paper and that creation process is somewhere where I'm still really, really present. Um, and it's like one of the few spaces I feel like that's left sort of in this time that we're living that I, that I have that, you know, I can't, I don't even really feel like I can, you know, safely go for a walk without my phone, you know? Right. So it's, it's this time that I can, it's all mine, you know, whether I decide to share what I create or not online. To use the word, uh, allowing you to be present and as I was listening to you talk what was coming up for me is you know drugs were one of the first thing at an early age that made me feel alive yeah and I look and strive for other things today that kind of make me feel alive inside and so like being in the ocean has always been something that puts me in that moment you know in in a way that other things don't and you know recently I've, I've gotten into photography which has been kind of a a new way for me to do things that make me present or focused or feel kind of you know kind of alive inside in in a different way so I I was that was coming up for me as I was listening to you describe kind of what painting and well it's so interesting when you think about the fact that similarly I wasn't really around alcohol growing up my parents didn't drink however it was something that I really wanted to try. I was so excited about it, and I, I definitely felt this excitement when I initially started, you know, partaking in, like, becoming intoxicated when I was younger. And, you know, the flip side of that is that ultimately all it does is numb everything. So it's like that sort of alive feeling is really just, like, such an illusion. Yeah. Because ultimately you numb out and sort of, like, where the sober introvert comes into play is that like I I'm a talkative person I'm a passionate person I'm a empathetic person and so people I've always thought I was extroverted because mm-hmm. I I liked people but what I've discovered in my sobriety is that like I need a lot of recovery time to myself sobriety has helped me to get really comfortable with being alone which is something that I never was when I was drinking I have OCD also which you know has a a big anxiety component to it and ultimately I was just drinking to sort of like quell that part of myself but in getting sober I'm sort of like learning to get to know myself again as a lot of people do Mm -hmm. and sort of in that getting to know myself is when I discovered like oh as much as I love people as much as I love interaction I don't derive energy from it and so part of like calling myself the sober introvert has been like once again sort of empowering because it's like no I am an introvert like I've discovered this thing and I want to like shout it from the rooftops like this is me because I thought I was something so different for so long and it feels good to sort of like claim that space for myself well I think that's you know interesting talking about introversion and so forth and I guess some of the maybe misconceptions about what being an introvert or introversion is you know that you can't be talkative or you can't enjoy people or whatever. So what what are misperceptions of introversion that you have thought of or experienced and what is, talk a little bit more about what introversion Yeah, is. no, it, it still ha- it happened last night. <laughs> I still have people saying, no, I was getting, I was telling somebody about this interview and they said, but do they know you're actually an extrovert? And I'm like, no, like 
I think there are tons of misconceptions. I had them myself, which is, to me, the ultimate definition is just like, if you get energy from being around people or if you need to rest afterwards. And I am out a lot. I teach. Um, I do these pop-up in-person markets. And so I do spend a lot of time engaging with people, but I'm tired afterwards. You know, mm -hmm. I don't come home feeling energized, whereas like other artist friends of mine, we go to these art events and they're like pumped afterwards. They're like pumped to go make work and I'm like I need to go not talk to anyone for three days yeah. <laughs> after and it I think another misconception is that like people are maybe socially awkward yep. if they're introverted and I, I that's not really something that I don't think I've ever been described as so you know another inaccuracy and and I also think that like so many things it's the same with um, obsessive compulsive disorder it's a spectrum you know and people fall in different areas of the spectrum you know, I think we're really eager to put labels on, on people and things, and I think that's, like, just human nature. But ultimately, I think, like, you know, if you want to label yourself something, that's fine. But, you know, maybe try not to do it to others. <laughs> the, yeah, there's, there's a lot there, you know, with our tendency to impose our uh, definition yeah. on to other, other people and other people's experiences. It makes people comfortable. And, you know, like, I... Um, I would describe myself as more of an introvert than extrovert. I think some of it probably has to do with just having alienating experiences growing up so that I always felt kind of apart from. But, you know, coming into recovery, I didn't, I didn't really know how to hold conversations and just like small talk and like that super uncomfortable and awkward for me. And that continues, you know, like it's not my strong suit. It's like it's in my role as executive director, it's weird because of, you know, what's expected of me, I've got to like work on and cultivate. It's, it's not a natural thing where I just know how to go up and like engage with people and talk a lot and blah, blah, blah. But I can get one-on-one -on -one like this in a conversation and be really at ease talking. I do, I've, I've taught uh, at NC State in their social work department for a number of years. I do fair amount of presentations over the year years I'm always comfortable well uh, let me take that back the way I became most comfortable was presenting to law enforcement like mm -hmm. if for me like that's my tip for anybody if you want to learn how to present present to law enforcement yeah they tend to be a little skeptical uh you've got to earn yeah I did that just over and over again uh through a something called crisis intervention training and um that's where I feel like I kind of probably develop my best presentation skills yeah. um but so i say i'm comfortable presenting i mean i get anxious or nervous getting ready to talk to people but but for the most part once i get into it yeah. all that stuff kind of goes away and i'm just engaged in doing that but uh, i'm not the kind of person that you know the comfortable thing or or instinctive thing is to get into a social situation, go up to you, start talking with you and asking you questions and, and so forth. So I, I've just been reflecting on this, uh, kind of in, in anticipation of meeting you. And yeah. I don't know what they call it. I've, the, the one social media that I'm on is Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I've been following you on Instagram. Yeah. So I don't know what they call that. Is that like a stalker thing? Bear, you're our social no. media. It, it's just Follower, being, it's, it's just not being Insta stalker. Following. Okay, yeah. okay. So I've been following you. Yeah, um, I've been following you. Uh, but that's the, yeah. um, but I've been thinking about meeting you and more so than just through what you post on Instagram. 
one thing I'm curious about is like, uh, what's involved with going out on your own and saying, I'm going to become a businesswoman. I'm going to, I'm going to go from having a job, you know, at Trader Joe's to, I'm going to, I'm going to become my own boss and do my own thing. Um, I think the biggest thing is it it honestly is just a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And another thing since childhood, I've always sort of had this like blind, unwavering confidence like when I and maybe it's a little bit of the obsessive compulsive disorder where if I kind of set my mind to something I'm just doing it and I'm not doing it two weeks from now I'm doing it now Mm -hmm. you know and so I think some of it is just this sort of like it's just gonna happen it just is happening I'm just doing it and so therefore it's gonna happen but working at Trader Joe's was helpful because I was able to sort of go down in hours gradually And, you know, not a lot of jobs are going to allow you to do that, especially nine to fives. Um, So that was really helpful. Um, There are a ton of creative people working there, and that job really lends itself to that. A lot of supportive people there. So, but, you know, like I said, I just knew I wanted to be an illustrator. And, you know, there's so many resources now online. I get a lot of emails, but honestly, Google is your best friend. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many resources now. I have people I can, I'm by no means a job coach, but I have people I've worked with that I send people to. And, you know, I just was on a call with my web designer yesterday because there's something I have in mind that I want to do, but ultimately I could do it, but it's, she's a professional. So, you know, I, I just ask a lot of questions and I, and I think just not being afraid to to ask those questions. Like if you don't know something, like reach out and ask. And it's the worst thing somebody can do is say no or I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think like staying curious and just sort of staying humble and sort of making these connections in the community. And like also bringing something to the table though, you know, too, when you're meeting with, with other people. So um, what, what growth have you experienced with yourself through this process? Oh, gosh. Immense. Um, You know, when you're running your own business, you know, I'm no longer just the artist. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the postal worker. (laughs) I'm her, the, you know, shipper, the, um, I'm the finance person. I'm so ultimately, like, even with, like, understanding, like, business financials, like, that's just helped me with my own day-to-day stuff, you know, as an adult. And then just... A big thing too, and, and I also think like sobriety helps with this, is just figuring out how to best prioritize my time. And you know, when you are an artist, a teacher, doing podcast interviews, putting things on social media, you're constantly putting a little piece of yourself out into the universe. Um, and it's just there, like very vulnerable. of the time it's it's received really well but there's ultimately critics everywhere and so like also just that sort of like doing that over and over again just like helps you to like sort of gain in your confidence and learn like what to take from a situation that are positives like what's a learning experience and I don't know no you're uh, you're touching on uh something that I think is um like a new reality for people who are their own business owners, you know, like the fact that so much of your professional life is intertwined with being present on social media and connecting in that way and marketing yourself and so forth. I was 
as you were talking, I was thinking about the guy that's done uh, some of my tattoo work, and it's just like, you know, he's talked about how that's a different thing for him as he's opened up his own studio mm-hmm. to get into, um, you know, I got to do social media, I got to be conscious and present with this this sort of stuff. And yeah, it's hard to shut it off, and that's been another thing where, you know, I, I go through, like, times where I'm better about disconnecting you know you hear that word all the time now disconnect disconnect take time to yourself and it is really important because I sort of feel like um Brene Brown was just talking on Netflix I know a lot of us have watched it but like she preached something that I feel very strongly about and feel even more strongly about now that after listening to her but which is like sort of like authentic vulnerability is sort of like the antithesis of like what social media is sort of doing to society. And so like, I think that the more you can be vulnerable, it just sends a good message and it's like putting a good energy out there. And that's what I want to do with this product line and with my story, so. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of uh, attuned to similar things. So when you use the word vulnerability uh, a few minutes ago, I immediately was thinking about Brene Brown. I. Friday listened to a podcast she did with Mark Marin, and uh, I haven't seen Two good people yeah. together. <laughs> I haven't seen the Netflix uh, episode, but I, I really enjoyed listening to their their conversation. Um, so let me jump over to this, you know, um, creating space. So describe the space we're sitting in and why you like it. Oh gosh, um, for one, I own it. <laughs> Which, yeah, um, ownership is not something that, um, you know, deep when I was at my sickest that I ever, you know, I was a time when I could barely pay my rent. So mm-hmm. to have a, a business now and to own a home is, I mean, it's everything I could have asked for. So just having this own space, it's mine. I think, um, I'm a big outdoors person. I derive a lot of energy from being outside and from being in nature. A lot of my subject matter is plants and animals. Um, I have three dogs. And we're sitting at, on your patio? Yes, my patio, which is like my garden boxes. And um, my house backs up to the greenway. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very much like we are in like a nature preserve. I, I always refer to it as the backyard I don't have to take care of. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so there's a swamp on the other side of these trees. And you hear a lot of geese and at night tons of frog sounds and um I don't know just being out here sometimes if I'm like in my studio and maybe a painting's not going right or I'm just like in my head about something you know I think there's that saying like anytime you walk through a doorway it like changes something in your brain Mm -hmm. so like to me anytime you go outside at all even if it's for a, a limited amount of time it can be super beneficial for sort of like resetting your mindset yeah, it's like for me, like the reminder to try to get up from my desk and walk around. Yes, which is also important for our backs and our ergonomics. That's what my chiropractor tells me. Yeah. 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 Talk about your product line and some of the, you talked about the greeting cards. I saw the Pawfus. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. So that's new. So that's not a uh, part of the, the sobriety line, but um, I just released an art print. Um, I am office obsessed like Mm -hmm. so many of us like all the right ones anyways Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i just released this art print uh it is a parody i guess of the office it is 
dogs as the office characters, characters. with also with pun names, mm-hmm. dog related pun names like Oscar Martinez and uh-huh. Bite Shroot. So mm-hmm. it's my one of my greatest accomplishments. I feel like at I this point as an artist, I love that. So um, it's being very well received. It's very niche, so I'm yeah. glad people are liking it. But as far as the um, sobriety well, cards, let's, let's not move oh. on so fast. Oh, okay. Let's not move on so but fast. We're gonna keep talking about the. Pod. No, 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 no. This is good. This is good. Mm-hmm. Do you have an office uh, character that you like the most? Or oh, that... man. I think one of the most underrated characters is probably Creed. Okay. And one and one of the things I love about him, besides the fact that he's so bizarre and so random, is that if you've done any research, like, he, that is his actual name. Like, he is kind of sort of just playing himself his real person real life self but on as a cast member on the office and i think that's kind of fascinating and because of that i chose um the dog brussels griffin to represent him because Mm. they're sort of an unusual breed and they Mm -hmm. sort of funny little look on their face so i also yeah i chose the dog based on like what i thought the character like their personality best was represented as what breed do you have any favorite episodes? It's really hard to choose. Sure, right? Was, I am a big fan of probably any of the holiday episodes. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I can pick. Do, oh, do you? Oh, there's have, so many. Well, the have, one that the one that kind of comes to mind um, is when Dwight gets the concussion. Yes. And uh, I just uh, the scene that I love is when he brings the gentleman in for the. I don't know if he's. He's the kind of, um, you know, property manager, and he's just kind of talking, and Toy's just sitting there the whole time with his arm up, you know. Yeah. And he keeps, like, looking at him, like, you got a question? No? You know, like, like well, you're just looking around, like, what are you talking about? But yeah. he's sitting there with his arm raised, and then he's like, you got to take that guy. He says, you got to take that guy to the hospital. Like, kid's got a concussion, you know. Yeah. And then just watching the whole, as they're getting in the car, and, he drive well. He, you know, get, that's how he got the concussion. He drives out, hits, gets out, throws up, gets back in the car, swerves out of there, and so forth. Yeah. And Michael's all uh, obsessed with uh, how he burned his foot in the toaster. That's or, a good when the George Foreman the grill. The George Foreman grill because he uh, he likes to have freshly cooked bacon right when he gets yeah, out of bed. Yeah, breakfast time. Yeah. yeah, breakfast in bed. Okay, so all right, so we we covered that part of. Your product Covered line. the most important part. Well, it. it's something that you're really excited about and I proud am of. I so that, excited about it and so proud of it. And that's and that should be celebrated. Thank you. Other parts of your product line that you want people to know about? Yeah, so I think, like, let's dive right into the newest greeting card line, which is these cards that celebrate um, sobriety milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, however people want to define that, yep. um, the cards are sort of left up to interpretation. Probably my favorite, they're a little bit sassy. My favorite one is um, You're a Lean, Clean Sobriety Queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't something I'd ever heard said before, so I'll take credit for that one. Okay. <laughs> they're really just ways, I think that there's still so much stigma around sobriety and like the choices people are making on that front. And um, I want to give people the words and a way to tell their people, like, hey, yeah. I'm proud of you, and I'm thinking of you, and I support your choices. Yeah. And there's not a 
ton of really good options in the stationery industry right now for that. And so I decided to throw my hat in the rink, like having already, I don't know, 300 greeting card designs for my other, mm-hmm. you know, sister line under my belt. Um, it just made sense. And then to have, you know, a portion of those products, um, it's um, 15% of profits to go to a variety of organizations. And for now, it's going to be Healing Transitions. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm excited to sort of like have moved on to this, you know, next chapter where now this thing that I'm doing also gives back to something that has like made such a huge difference in my life, um, which is my recovery. And, and you share, I forgot to bring this. I was actually thinking I should do this before coming to, to meet with you, but you shared some uh, designs that the participants could use to color. Oh, yeah, the um, coloring pages. Yeah, the coloring pages. I was like, I should. I should do that before coming here. And oh, color one of them? Yeah, and, give, oh, yeah. and give it to you. Oh, that would be sweet. I have but, had people do that. But, I, but I, I didn't get to it. My friend sent me a text recently from a coloring book that it was my drawing that her daughter colored. And her daughter, she's three, wanted me to see it because I don't ever get to see them colored. Mm-hmm. Which was That's I thought sweet. was very sweet, especially at three. Um, yeah, so... I am collaborating with Healing Transitions in a variety of ways for the next year, which I'm super, super excited about. And one of like the small ways is that when I first started illustrating, I was a preschool teacher and I needed coloring pages but wasn't finding things online that I wanted to use for my classes. So I actually just started doing pen and ink drawings for my students myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of how it started. And then... For a time, I did printed coloring books. Um, then sort of the coloring book boom happened. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as sometimes happens, like, they just weren't as much of a, um, like, rare commodity. They yeah. became more popular. So sales for that kind of went down. So I still have all these coloring pages that I've created as PDF files that I used to sell online that I don't anymore. Um, so I sent those files to Bear and to Healing Transitions so that um, there would be like some original artwork that could be used um, at the two campuses for when like families meet or when people have visitors. It gives you like an activity that you can do um, together. And and for our our staff, um, just a reminder, they'll they'll never really listen to this, but as a reminder, uh, I think it's a great thing for the, in detox, and I know they've used it in the women's detox. Yeah. And people are in there; their minds are just activated from the physiological withdrawal, yes. the processing of how did I end up here, and what is, you know, feels like pressing down on me or getting ready to yeah. consume me. And you can sit there, and your mind go nuts, you know, yeah. preoccupied with this stuff, and just being able to sit distract yourself yeah coloring it's it's kind of like what I talked about before with my own painting you know when I get in it I get in it and I'm able to sort of like let go of a lot of the other things that are going on in my brain and disengage one part of your brain engage another yeah I mean we can't we're just so on all the time now Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean to be used for patients and or their families however you know they can be used I mean I'm happy to keep creating more and so that's another way we're working together so this season one question was what should we name the podcast and so you've been listening to that and so you've heard that question the season two kind of questions we're not sure which one we're going with we may go with both but 
this one comes from just, you know, like me seeking other people's experience to deal with my own stuff, which is like, how do you get out of a rut when you, when you end up in a rut and, you know, I'm assuming as both being people in recovery, we've, ex- I've experienced ruts. I'm assuming you've experienced rut and rut may be a kind of a polite way of saying like being yeah. in a dark space in recovery or being in a feeling stuck or feeling like just overwhelmed by things. And so I end up there. If you have ended up there, how do you get out? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you always have to do is you have to connect in some way. And not just, I mean, not just a social media comment or, I mean, literally, like, call someone, you know, on the phone. Um, Being somebody that works from home, even though I am quote-unquote introverted, I still need that human connection. So, like, for me, a lot of it's going to the gym and seeing my, you know, my... CrossFit friends or whatever but um I think a lot of times when we get into those dark places like our minds telling us a lot of lies and I think you need to physically you know hear somebody else's voice sometimes just to quiet those liars (laughs) in your brain and I think one of those lies can be that like you don't want to burden somebody else Mm. but I don't know I've found that you know nine times out of ten you're not and I don't know. I think I think just connecting and. I think you're absolutely. That's that that is a big truth. Yeah. And I've thought about it recently. Is uh, movement movement? You know, like. That was going to be my next. One. Like, <laughs> the chiropractor says movement is good. Movement is good. Yeah. Keep moving. You know, keep moving. And I start thinking, you know, like emotionally and psychologically, like I can get frozen. Yeah. And I need to do things to like movement in those ways is one way to stay healthy and so forth so I think that another like sort of like mantra that I that's personally really helpful especially being somebody with OCD who can like really get stuck in these loops is just reminding myself that like this moment will pass like this feeling will pass you know there are times where how I felt 20 minutes ago I'm not even sure why I felt quite so upset there's so many things that come into play there's like you know stimula diet hormones like there's all these things that come in come into like balance with one another that can be off I mean you know so often it's not even necessarily like the thoughts that are going on in our head it's like maybe you're just a little bit hungry or maybe you're dehydrated or I think just like even going through like a quick checklist of like basic needs sometimes people will find like you know, it happens a lot with me and my mom. She's like, we go out and we're going out and about. And I'm like, mom, I need to eat or I'm yeah. going to get, <laughs> I'm going to be less pleasant to be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, the other question that we've been, I've been asking, it's not a favorite of bears, but maybe it is becoming more of a favorite of bears. I don't know. Uh, is, are you reading anything right now that's really good? Or the other version of that question is, uh, has there been a book that's been really impactful for you recently? Oh my gosh, I love this question. I would say that a book that I recommend um, to anybody really that is like questioning their drinking or questioning drinking culture or um, is um, just a book called Drink mm-hmm. by Ann Dowsett Johnston. Um, it's one that I've read multiple times. Um, it's sort of part memoir, part science facts, um, and 
it, it, I've just found it to be very beneficial and I've recommended it to a lot of people. I know a lot of people in recovery who have read it. Um, and Drink is, is a book that is kind of geared towards women. It absolutely yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a whole, you know, other discussion that can be had um, as far as like drinking culture and women and what's going on with that right now too. Um, and I sort of look at the greeting card line as a way, you know, there's, we see it everywhere now on like greeting cards and t-shirts and rosé all day and mommy juice and like all these sort of like alcohol normalizing messages. And to think that like that has no impact on our society is like, you know, very blind and ignorant and um i sort of look at these sobriety cards as a way to like combat that to to some degree to give like people who are sober this space Mm -hmm. you know well that that's a great book to um to feature to have people hear about absolutely yeah it's one of my favorites Voices from the Village is hosted by Chris Budnick and produced by me, Bear McBride. Music is by Vibe Tracks. Special thanks to Amy Richards as well as Julie Brown for introducing the episode. You can learn more about Amy's work at amyrichardsillustration.com. Healing Transitions is a nonprofit recovery program for homeless, uninsured, and underserved individuals struggling with alcoholism and other drug addictions in Wake County, North Carolina. For more information, visit our website at healing-transitions.org. That's healing-transitions.org.